Welcome back to another episode of the Hecklers and Hot Takes podcast. This is your host, Brian Clinton. I am here with Colton Rector, and we are recapping week six of the 2022 college football season. We're going to stick to the Big 12 tonight. First and foremost, I want to know what your most impressive performance from an individual in the Big 12 was this week. And, and I'll open this up. I'm going to go Baron Morton from Texas Tech. Uh, freshman quarterback goes into Stillwater for his first start of his collegiate career, and he does more than anything that I expected him to do, certainly, and as a freshman. He goes 39 for 62 for 379 yards, two touchdowns. He did have an interception, but he added another touchdown on the ground. He very nearly gave Texas Tech a win in Stillwater over Oklahoma State in the end. The Cowboys just a little more experienced, a little better along the defensive line than than uh, Texas Tech was on the offensive line. He did have uh, he he did have four sacks. Um, he did go down four times in that game, so that did hurt them. But otherwise, I mean, I think you're really looking at a guy that that could be the future at at Texas Tech, especially in that in that Zach Kitley air raid offensive scheme and and something that that people around Lubbock need to be excited about and should be. Um, but but for you, who are you thinking this week? Who was your best performer? Um, I'm thinking that I'm going to go with uh, Bijan Mustardson, I mean Robinson, uh, <laughs> for the University of Texas. Um, he just absolutely riddled Oklahoma this week, uh, which who didn't, but um, – it just his stats: twenty-two yard or twenty-two carries for one hundred and thirty yards and two touchdowns. I'm not looking at the the what the average is, and I'm not going to try to do that math in my head. But it's pretty good, I would say. I'd say it's damn near what ten yards a carry, something like that. Pretty good. Anyway, not quite, but still, it, it just Oklahoma was bad. Quinn Ewers, Bijan Robinson, the receivers, the offensive line, everyone was good, but Bijan ran it. Caught it, touchdown, ran over people, juke people. It just he looked really, really good. So I'm gonna go with Bijan Robinson this week. Uh I think even even when um you know Quinn Ewers went out of the game, not for injury or anything, just because their backups were coming in, uh I think Bijan's stats still kind of held strong and kind of carried the game for him. They were able to run the ball down OU's throat and that was it. Yeah, and and we'll get into we'll definitely get into the Red River rivalry uh, or showdown if that if I must be politically correct, um, but we'll get into that here towards towards the end. Um, but let's just look around the Big Twelve. Like I said, uh, Oklahoma State gets a win in Stillwater, forty-one thirty-one over Texas Tech. Spencer Sanders has a an average day really for him this to this point. He goes twenty-two of forty-five for two ninety-seven and a touchdown. I think if there's one guy for Oklahoma State that sticks out, it was Bryson Green, who had five receptions for 115 in the score, which was pretty impressive. Uh, definitely a big target for them in that game. And, um, you know, you really have to be impressed with what Oklahoma State has done to this point at 5-0. and I really like where they're sitting uh, as far as Big 12 standings goes. Um, somebody that really, for me, has separated themselves and continues to do so every week. If there was a team that that I think gives them a run and they coincidentally play them in week seven, it's TCU. Uh, TCU goes into Kansas, 
into Lawrence game day and, and everything and all that doesn't matter. TCU comes out 38-31 with the victory. Max Duggan continues his his impressive start to the season, goes 23-33 for 308 and three scores. The guy, I mean, he's he's impressive. And Quentin Johnson, if you didn't see the stat line on this game for Quentin Johnson, he went off. He had 14 receptions for 206 yards and a score. He was practically uncoverable. I mean, NFL wide receiver, no doubt. We saw, I mean, we saw what he could do last year against Oklahoma. He had an impact last week against Oklahoma as well, but but this game he truly went off. Uh, you know, probably could have set him as my as my performer of the week, but um, that was an impressive performance. And then Kansas State. I knew that this game was going to be weird. It always is. It's it's Farmageddon. The game is is always close. You have a ten to nine. That's not baseball. That, that we we had a ten to nine score in a Big Twelve game. So for those of you who think you know what Big Twelve football like looks like, and it's always forty five to forty one. That's there's good defense played in this league. Kansas State and Iowa State were were uh, performers of that on Saturday. Kansas State ekes out the ten to nine victory. Um, big day, another big day for for Adrian Martinez. He goes over three hundred yards all purpose again. And then we have the Red River rivalry. Texas absolutely demolishes Oklahoma forty nine to nothing. It's the worst shutout loss in Oklahoma history. It's the first time Texas has shut them out since the 1960s, I believe. There's a lot of firsts in this game. And none of them were good for Oklahoma. This is their first shutout since 1998. This is the first time that they've lost three games in a row since 1998. This is the first game since 2009 that they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Uh, I mean, there's just plenty of things that just did not go right for, for Oklahoma in this game. And it is this of, the first time? Is this the first ahead. time we've used a tight end in the wildcat formation as no, a quarterback? Blake, I mean Blake Bell's an NFL tight end, so I'm going to chalk that up. Okay, to no. fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But I mean, it was just—they just didn't look like they belonged on the field with Texas. And I think that we kind of alluded to this a little bit this week. Um, I know certainly I knew that that there were there was a good chance that this wasn't pretty. I didn't expect it to be a shutout. Um, but but Texas certainly came in with a chip on its shoulder. Was obviously reminiscent of of what happened last week or last year. Rather, Texas came in and and they did not let off the gas. Instead of uh, instead of letting Oklahoma climb back into the game after a good first half, they just kept rolling this time. And it was rough. It was just really rough to watch from an Oklahoma fan perspective. And and. Uh, I mean, let's just kind of open things up there. Yeah, whenever we were sitting there watching the game, I felt like, you know, again, we talked last week about having the little little OU fan inside of us that was really hopeful, but, you know, common sense was telling you, we're not going to win this football game, and it's likely not going to be close. But, yeah, I I did not expect a shutout. Whether Dylan Gabriel played or not, I did not expect a, a, a complete, utter meltdown shutout. But we saw some things we didn't expect. We saw a Wildcat offense that featured uh, Braden Willis as the quarterback with Davis Bevel um, 
sitting out wide in the wide receiver slot. Um, we saw some halfback jump passes that ended in brutal interceptions. Um, and we saw, what was it, a grand total of 39 passing yards through four quarters of football. Um, it, it, we were we made ourselves one-dimensional without Dylan Gabriel. And once Texas figured that out, I mean, we I think we had what? We had two or three good drives where that very first drive on offense, we got down to what, like the 15 before we – before we gave, we kind of screwed the pooch on that one with a fake punt, and yeah, we and had going for it on fourth downs. And Oklahoma had two drives that ended in Texas inside the Texas red zone. Yes, and did not come away with points. The first one, the first one, remind me what how we ended that one. Was it an interception that we screwed no, the pooch I, on? We, that one? we we went for it on fourth down three times, got it twice, and then the last time was like a fourth and one or fourth and two, and and. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and stuff Texas stopped that's them. Right. Yep. That's right. Because we were trying to run uh, Eric uh, Gray between the tackles, Correct. and that was Correct. not a good idea. Anyway, it just – yeah, it was just once once Texas realized without Dylan Gabriel what we were going to do, really once, once you and I saw the Wildcat formation come out, I think you looked at me and said, this was the backup plan. This was it. This is what we – this is what we prepped this week. If Texas shuts this down – you know, we might as well quit watching this game. Yeah, because they're playing exactly, with, and that's exactly what happened. It was, it was, it was embarrassing to watch. It was, it was just, it was bad football. They were playing with ten guys. Davis Bevel yeah. was out there on the on the perimeter, Not lined up as wide receiver, and, and you know, my first instinct was, oh, they're doing that, so Texas can't sub in guys. You know, we're going to run tempo and. And not sub in. They kept seven. They still sub guys in. They changed running backs, and it it, it just didn't make any sense to me offensively. It made like I, no sense. I and I don't want to come on here and and talk mess about Jeff Levy and his scheme. Like I I don't want to be that guy because I still think he he's playing with somebody else's roster at this point in time. But it still didn't make any it, sense to continue it, what it, we were doing. It didn't, and I I agree with that. I well, and my argument was if you're going to run wildcat, then why don't you have a wildcat quarterback in there? Why why is Micah Bowens not seeing the field? Dude runs a four you've four, got, right? You've Something got yes, like you've yeah, you've got him on the roster. He's been there. If you're going to do this for one week, if this is your backup plan, if this is truly what, because you don't trust Davis Belville to throw the football, obviously. Clearly, dude couldn't throw a slant. He, he, he could. He couldn't throw a screen. He couldn't throw anything. A swing. Right. He couldn't throw anything. And every time the ball left his hand, it was a bullet. He didn't know how to touch pass anything. I mean, it was like it was it was just an awful performance. And we could run circles around this. Everybody who's listening to this podcast saw the game. They watched it. They know how bad it was. I guess where I want to go from here is where does Oklahoma go from here? Like, like I I'm willing to to say I said this last week and the week before probably that things don't get a whole lot worse. I I truly feel that this is rock bottom for Oklahoma. This is we're talking about Oklahoma's only lost seven games in a season four times in their 127 year history, and we're looking at a team right now that's three and three. And if they continue to play the way that we saw them play on Saturday, the Big Twelve it's a bad time to be bad because the Big Twelve is good this year. The Big Twelve Very. is damn good this year. SEC, the SEC has six ranked teams. 
in the top 25 this week. Uh, the Big 12 is second with five. And we're, I mean, and I think that Baylor is right on the outside of, of the top 25. So you're not, I mean, you're looking at six teams essentially that are ranked. If you continue to play that way, you're in trouble. I mean, you're, you are truly looking at a team that could lose the rest of its schedule if they don't figure something out. So my question to you is what's the first thing that has to happen? Like what's the first thing that Brent Venables and his staff have to do this week going into the Kansas game before your bye week, the number one thing that has to be done in Norman this week for Oklahoma to turn this thing around? First and foremost, we should have Dylan Gabriel back this week, and I think that's going to be huge offensively simply because he is the one guy with a pulse at the quarterback position that understands that offense well enough to give to give Jeff Levy some some options to let Jeff Levy open up the playbook. We can scrap that wildcat nonsense and not bashing the wildcat. And I'm really not even trying to bash Davis Bevel. I couldn't go out there and throw that ball either. Not saying that I'm better or that I could do better than Davis Bevel by any means. I think you could, but continue. But whenever you whenever you go and you play at the University of Oklahoma you have expectations as a fan, as a player, as a coach, as anybody to do with the program, you have expectations and to be able to make simple passes is one of those. And I think that's why a lot of the fans were struggling with Dylan Gabriel because he was struggling. Back. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that path. Dylan Gabriel, I think is step one. Having him back is going to be bigger, huge in more ways than one. Confidence well, and your le- and your leaders back, yes. Con- you have confidence back in the team. Your leader is back under center. You have some competence there. Again, no shade really at De- Davis Bevel. Just with the competence in the scheme is more, is what I'm saying. That's going to be huge offensively. When this offense is humming, it's been proven that it's good. The offense, when everything's ticking, the tempo works. We can make it work. We can score points, and we can score points quickly. Even against a Kansas State, even against a TCU, should have been against Texas, but it wasn't there. Defensively, we've got a lot of guys out. I think defensively, step one is we almost need to have an open tryout, not like for new people, not for walk-ons, but with existing players and get the guys who are hungry out there. Get the guys who are fresh. Start. You've said it. This the season's basically over already. We're three and three. We're halfway through the season. We're not winning the Big Twelve. We're damn sure not going to any playoff or any big bowl game. Hell, we may not even get a bowl game. But let's start. Let's start messing with some guys out there. I'm not saying start all freshmen. Let's not start all the new guys. But especially areas that we're banged up. Let's start trying some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Let's start putting some different guys out there. I think that's step one. I think step two is I think, and and I mean this with all due respect. I think either Ted Roof's leash needs to be shortened, or um, Brent Vittables needs to pull a Lincoln Riley and be the defensive coordinator and the head coach. He needs to be calling the plays, making adjustments to the scheme, putting guys in different positions. I I don't know how they do it. I have an idea of how Roof and Venables work together and who does what. But with that being Venables' defense and with hands-on with the defense as he is, I don't know exactly what happens. 
But if he's not calling the plays, if he's not running the defense on game day, that needs to start, and that needs to start against Kansas this week. Yeah. So those are my two big things on defense. I could probably go on for another hour about what I think needs to change, but those are probably going to be my two biggest things. And I think Dylan Gabriel, honestly, is the key on offense. There's there's yeah. other things there, but I think Dylan Gabriel is the biggest piece. I'm not even going to elaborate on Dylan Gabriel because I do think that that is a one-step fix for the offense that we saw last week. I, I mean, you're not getting shut out in that game if Dylan Gabriel's in it. I, I believe that 100%. Right. Um, right. I, and I think that he does fix a lot of issues offensively. So I'm going to focus defensively here. And really, I, I guess my first step, and this may catch some people off guard, but I think Oklahoma needs to take Monday off. Yeah, I think I, I, mean, I can I, see that. I, you know, they, they call it mental Monday. They say it's mental Monday. I think it needs to truly be mental Monday. I think there needs, I don't think that this team looks so tired and worn. Like, I mean, they just look fatigued from the get go. Like, I mean, and and my dad, I, dad and I talked about this uh, last week, you know, just a general observation. He looked over at me after about the second drive of the TCU game. And, and he said, does this team look tired to you? Like they look worn out, right? And, you know, I, I went back and watched it and he was right. I mean, it just, their the reaction time was slow. It seemed like every time that they tried to fire off the ball up front, it just didn't have any, there was no push defensively. Hell, I mean, we're, we don't have any depth. Venables has said that right. since week right. one. We have right. zero depth at linebacker. So there's there's no fresh legs in there. So yeah. Right. Well, and I and I think the at the point of attack offensively and defensively, it's just not been good. Those guys are banging every single day in practice. I know I mean they we've we've heard it said we've heard it that he is trying to establish a a physical mindset in this team, and I get that. I totally understand that, but I think that you know, there hasn't been an off day. They have not taken, you know, at this point in the season, we're six weeks in from fall camp to now. He has, he has, Venables has been so intent. On, he, he's been hell bent on getting this team to a, to where he believes it needs to be, which obviously you need to do that. But I, I'm almost thinking that he might be pushing the button a little bit too far at this point. Like, they're burning the Maybe, candle on both ends. Yeah, yes. I think you may need to just take a day, do some active recovery, which is a thing. Do I mean really just try to reset? I mean, obviously, what you're doing right now isn't working. Step that's step one. Step two for me, there has to be some shuffling in the back end. You've got to. Ch- I mean, Woody Washington at safety. I think until Billy Bowman gets back is probably the right thing to do. Um, it it sucks, but that's just how it is. You have to have somebody back there in the back end that knows what's going on. At, at this point in the scheme, I think you have a lot of individuals out there. Guys aren't – not only are they struggling to understand what they're doing, they have no clue what's going on with the guys around them. And until everybody is on the same page, all 11 guys know what's going on, you're really going to struggle. And so I think it's time to start seeing some shuffling in the back end. CJ Colton had a good game for, for – I mean, for – if you're looking at bright spots, the Wyoming yeah. transfer, he had a decent game. He had an interception. He had a few good plays where he was – I mean, he had great coverage. He was right in the hip pocket uh, of the receiver he's covering. And, I, I mean, you can't really ask for anything more than that right now at this point. So, like, he needs to see more reps. You need to start seeing some of these guys. Like, Gentry Williams, I know he's a freshman, and I know, I know you have to be careful about how – much you put those guys into a game earlier in their career because you don't want to ruin. I mean, you don't want to ruin their confidence for for the future. But 
what you're doing right now isn't working and it can't get much worse than what we've seen. So I think some shuffling there needs to happen. And the last thing for me defensively is Danny Stutzman is – so I, I believe he had 13 tackles in this game. He has been, for me, He you know, he's had some issues um, in these last three games, as has everybody. But I really think that that's the guy that you need this defense. To, they don't have a leader right now. They don't have a guy that is doing it on the field that is performing on the field and doing what needs to be done there for everybody around him to look at him as a leader. When he says something, they, they listen that need, he needs to establish something like it because I mean, to me, from an outside perspective, I don't spend time in the program. Obviously I don't, I don't talk to these guys every week. If there's a guy on defense that I have seen that, that could be, or should be the leader, it's him. I mean, he's, he's emotionally sound for the most part. He seems to, he seems to have that that vigor that you really want from a from a leader, and I, and he he needs to blossom into that. And of course, what stinks about that is he's only a sophomore, so it's like you know you're you're asking this from younger guys, and it's just the position that Oklahoma's in right now. Um, I think this ta- this team has the talent to compete in the Big Twelve. There's no question. They've got four. They've got four star guys across the board. They've got blue chip guys at every level. I don't think talent necessarily is the issue. Now, one could argue that the previous staff's evaluation of talent is questionable. I mean, we've got a lot of guys that that just never panned out. Um you you can look all through the you can look all through the the roster and the depth chart and there's guys that were quote unquote four stars out of high school, but they just never amounted to anything as far as impact players for Oklahoma. So you could argue that, but I still think you've got guys that that are difference makers. We just need to see them all play as a unit, and so I think you need to give them a little bit of rest, and I think that you need to see some shuffling in the back end, and I think you need a leader to emerge. Um, that doesn't happen overnight, unfortunately. That's not—I mean—that's not a quick fix. It's not something you're going to see um, even happen before Kansas. I, I, I you know, I'm afraid. If Jalen Daniels is able to play next week, I think Oklahoma could give up a lot of points again. Yeah, um, can we can we talk about that really quick? How in the hell are we opening as a nine point favorite on in some books over Kansas? Is it strictly because Jalen Daniels got knocked out of the game? Yes, and I and I think what you're looking at is uh, so was it Jason Bean? Is that his name? The their backup. I think that's right. Uh, I can look really quick, but I don't know off the top I, of my head. I, no, I believe I believe it's Jason Bean. Um, and they they have so essentially they had they had the element of surprise when he comes out last week against TCU. There's mm-hmm. no game plan for him. You don't know what kind of guy he is. There's no reason to look at him because the first string quarterback there who started the game has been everything. You are correct, Jason Bean. Yeah. Yes. Um. So you know your your guy that you come in game planning for has been everything. But a Heisman can I mean he is a Heisman contender. He, he yeah, as he should 100%. be. So um I think they had the element of surprise. Now that Oklahoma has a has a chance to see what Bean's capable of on, on film, I do think that that makes a huge difference. Um I think that I think it makes sense. Oklahoma's backs against the wall. Kansas is coming off of its first loss. It's it's homecoming for the Sooners. Like 
you know, there, there's just a lot of things that would make you believe that Oklahoma is going to show up in this game. I, I'm not confident in that myself. Um, I, I am really of the mind of I need to see it to believe it right now Absolutely. with OU, and uh, it's tough for me to it's tough for me to really see that coming from Oklahoma a nine point win over over Kansas right now. But I guess we'll see. Um, but I, I think I've is there anything else Oklahoma wise that, that you want to just that you want to throw out right now? No, again, kind of like we said after after on Wednesday's pod or whenever we recorded that last pod before Texas, but it's going to take time. And, and I saw something today that made me, that made me really kind of put things in perspective. I think it was uh, 2019 Baylor under uh, Matt rule was yep. what, like was what a 10 and two or 10 and three, 11 and two, I think. Is it 11 and two? Okay. Yep. Either way, they, they had a double digit win season. Matt Rule leaves to go coach the Carolina Panthers. And then you have Dave Aranda come in and they were what, two and seven yep. in, in 2020. Granted, COVID year, that was a football year that was weird for everybody. But 2020, they went two and seven. And then last year, 2021, they win the Big 12 championship, beating Oklahoma State, uh, win the Big 12 championship. And this year, they're, they're still Big 12 contenders. They've lost what? They lost to BYU and well, I mean, conference games. They've only lost one though, right? Right. Yeah, just the one. So, so they've only lost one conference game this year. Still very much in the running for the Big Twelve championship this year, and it's year three under Dave Aranda. It, the same. It's they had a completely different coaches roster, completely different coaches scheme, completely different coaches everything. Dave Aranda comes in and in year two has you know, a champion, a big 12 championship winning team. Right. It's the very same thing is very possible with Brent Venables. Is it the same team? Is it the same situation? Not exactly, but the possibilities are still there. Right. You're going to have the entire 2023 class coming in. All these guys that are here that are going to continue to be here next year will all have been in Levy's and Venables system for a full year. You're hopefully going to recruit some more depth at Mm -hmm. all your positions. This is going to be a, a bad year. We knew it from the get-go. Like we said, we got our hopes up after a 3-0 and start that were the very, very good. But we knew this was going to be a rough year. And it's 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 worse than maybe what we thought. Mm-hmm. But it's what we expected. So yeah. stay on the bandwagon. Jump off the bandwagon. If, but if you're going to jump off, stay off. And let's just see what happens. I, think, I still think Venables is the guy. And we'll see what happens from there. It's just yeah. going to take some time. I I really have a hard time believing that that Venables' defense gives up 450 yards a game in year two. Like I just don't see them reaching that point. It's uh, it's tough. It's tough for me to believe that that they give up 29 points a game in year two. It's it's just I I just don't see them reaching that point. And I I think that some of the guys, if Oklahoma can find a way to hang on to their to their what they've built in the 2023 class, I think it's a, I think it's a huge deal um, because there are guys in that class right now that'll make an impact next year. So just hang in there. Um, it'll get better. I think Venables is the guy. I really do believe that. And, um, you know, may we see a defensive coordinator change. I, I am convinced that Ted Roof's going to be the fall guy after this year. Um, I, I just think he's gone, but we'll see. 
Um, but just hang in there, Sooner fans. It'll get better. Uh, it's just going to be – this is the building year. So, uh, like, the best way that I can put it is instead of watching and expecting a win, watch and expect improvement from week to week. Uh, and as long as you're like seeing that. that, if you're seeing that, you'll be happy. Uh, let's kind of transition here. Let's let's talk Big 12 power rankings. Uh, we do this every, every Sunday recap. Um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start us off here. I've got Oklahoma State at number one. Um, I like the resolve. I like their fight against Texas Tech, and uh, I, I like what I saw from them. They're able to to stay undefeated. I think that they are my favorite right now to win the Big Twelve. Uh, and you know, these next two teams are interchangeable for me. I think Texas with Quinn Ewers is absolutely a Big Twelve contender. I think Texas 100%. with I think Texas with Quinn Ewers is undefeated at this point. I think mm-hmm. that if he doesn't go down the first quarter against Alabama, they pull off a shocker and beat the Tide there, and and I think that they take care of business against Texas Tech. Um, Quinn Ewers is a game changer, and yep. I I'm fully convinced that he is he is the next Colt McCoy for Texas. I think he's the next guy that elevates the program and gets them back to being relevant. If you think Texas is scary this year, yes, they lose Bijan Robinson to the NFL, but um, it's Hell, Texas, what, what was the kid's name that kept running all over OU after uh Bijan went Roshan Johnson? He'll Roshan be Johnson. Well, he'll he be so in the, good, yeah. He'll be in the NFL too, though. Oh, uh, damn. he's okay. gonna leave too. So, but I mean, Texas is gonna have a running back, I'm not that, yes. and their offensive line is gonna get better. But right now, Texas is two for me, TCU is three, and like I said, those are interchangeable. Um, I think TCU is is capable of taking down Oklahoma State. That's going to be an awesome game this week. I believe that's in Fort Worth. If I do remember correctly, Oklahoma State has to go to Fort Worth. So that'll be an interesting one. Um, you are correct. And, and TCU is a four-point favorite. I, I really like that. I really like that game. Um, I'll be very interested to see how that one goes. Which is basically a pick because the home team gets three points. So correct. basically they got TCU by one. Right. Uh, Kansas is four for me at this moment. Um, with Jalen Daniels, I think they beat TCU, uh, but but they didn't, so I have them at four. Kansas State is five. Uh, not I, I, They only dropped for me because Texas impressed me, and TCU was impressive again. So Kansas State is five. Baylor is six. They were idle this week. Um, I still think they're a contender, but – Right now, they're at the bottom of the pile of contenders for me. Texas Tech is seven. Don't really have a whole lot to see other than other uh, say other than Baron Morton was impressive, and I think that he may be the future there. Iowa State is eight. Uh, the Cyclones are, are struggling, as are the other two teams here. I put West Virginia at nine. I know they were idle, but they didn't lose forty nine to nothing this week. Plain That's a win. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma they didn't lose. Yeah, clearly. Oklahoma is 10 for me right now. It's just it's, – it's tough to have them any higher than the bottom. They, they, they've looked atrocious the last two weeks, and that's just that's just how it is. I, I'm saying how it is. Um, we're pretty similar on this. Um, I think we've got maybe one or two different, but um, I have Oklahoma State at number one as well. Um, they look good. All I mean, firing in all cylinders there. There's really no – Obviously, some some shakiness in the the secondary of their defense after the defensive line, but still very good, definitely good enough to contend. 
Two, I've got Texas. Like you said, Texas with Quinn Ewers is scary. Uh, I agree. I think they're undefeated if he doesn't get knocked out of the Alabama game, personally. Um, I, I kept Kansas ahead of TCU here, um, and, and I agree with what you're saying. TCU did win the game. Kansas did not, no matter Jalen Daniels or no Jalen Daniels, but I'm under the impression that if Jalen Daniels doesn't win that game, you know, and, and we're talking again, we said Texas with Quinn Ewers. I'm going to say Kansas with Jalen Daniels. If Jalen Daniels doesn't come out of that game, they find a way to beat TCU. Um, and for that reason, that's why I'm keeping them at three. Simply again, I think, I think if those two teams were to meet up again, no injuries, I think Kansas wins. Excuse me. Um, four, I do have TCU. Um, they did do in that football game. Max Duggan looked great. Uh, it was in a, a sold-out Lawrence, Kansas, which, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people, not a lot, but still, you know, Kansas fans get up. Whenever there's something to get up for, they're there. They're rowdy. Uh, so kudos to TCU there. Uh, number five, I've got Kansas State. Uh, still looking good. Still, you know, fighting. They held out in Farmageddon. They played a good Big Ten football game there against Iowa State. and and. Uh, got the job done in the cornfield. Uh, six, I've got Baylor. I, I think Kansas State and Baylor are kind of interchangeable for me right now. Um, I think just really could be just kind of a difference of a bounce of ball depending on um, which team's having the better day. So seven, I've got Texas Tech. I agree. Quarterback came in and looked really good against uh, Oklahoma State, but couldn't get the job done. Um, and again, I don't necessarily have them picked over any of the other teams. Uh, eight, Iowa State, they, they're struggling um, right now. Their defense, I think, is playing great. Like their defense is playing great football. They're holding teams to under – hell, under 20 points. Um, but their offense is not getting anything done. And defense can win championships, that's for sure. But your offense has got to do a little bit of something uh, to, to get the ball rolling and give your defense a break. Nine, West Virginia didn't play, but they are um, – yeah, like you said, they didn't lose. They didn't lose 49 to nothing. They didn't win, but they didn't lose. And then um, 10, I've got um, Vanderbilt um, sitting here. I think the Fighting Commodores are doing great this season. Uh, you know, had a great big game against Hawaii in the beginning, struggling a little bit now, but um, they're looking good. And then at 11, uh, the the 11th team in the, the Big 10, I mean Big 12, is Oklahoma. Um, they're underneath Vanderbilt. So. Obviously, we've we've talked enough about Oklahoma this week um, to know what's going on there, but that's my top eleven. Yeah, it's uh, doesn't look good for the Sooners right now. Obviously, got Kansas on board here, and they, if they're going to turn around, it's going to have to be this week. I mean, that it, it's just going to have to start this week. I, I I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that, but um, like I said, just improvement. Just get on the board. I mean. Score. It's not really that hard to improve from last week. It was the worst game that I have seen Oklahoma play in my 27 years of life. So that's uh, it's it was just awful. So I think they need better. to go back to just to almost play by play goals. Yeah. Let's start with positive yardage. Okay. I mean, this sounds stupid. Don't get me wrong. This is going to sound dumb. But play number one. Let's get positive yardage. All right. Play number two. Let's get a little bit more. Play number three, let's have a first down. Okay, and let's just keep going incrementally. And if we if we fail to get it, all right, we're, we're stuck on that goal until we get that goal. 
even if we don't get the first down until the fourth quarter, that's our goal. And we're going to start just achieving the little things. And let's, let's work on all the little things. Let's, like you said, work on improvement, work on getting better. Start with Kansas. Then, you know, let's take a, let's take a bye week to rest, recuperate, get some guys back and start it again. All right. Parting shot. Nuts on the table. Does, does Oklahoma beat Kansas this week? Off the cuff, no. You remember what I told you last week? Yep, sure do. I am on record saying that Texas was gonna was gonna slap Oklahoma, which that happened. They did. It was wor- It was worse than I thought it was going to be. But I was of the belief that Texas was going to do that to Oklahoma. Somehow, some way, there's some sort of galvanizing process after that, whether that means Brent Venables is finding a way to balance being a head coach and delegating things versus taking control. Um, I think that Oklahoma finds a way to – I think Oklahoma finds a way to not only be competitive with Kansas, I think they do win, and maybe if it's simply for the fact that they catch a break that Jalen Daniels isn't in this game. Um. If you can get a win and go into the bye week four and three, I think it can kind of settle this team down and maybe instill a little bit of confidence. Um, maybe that's wishful thinking. I, I think there's a little bit of um, – obviously Vegas feels decent about that chance, so maybe I'm not going out too far on a limb there. But yeah, It's minus seven on ESPN, but I've seen yep. as high as minus nine. Yeah, so, so. – um, that really, that's going to do it for us. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple or, or Spotify, just make sure to leave us a five-star rating or a like. Uh, we're going to come back with a preview on Wednesday. Hopefully it'll be all three of us as it should be with uh, with Joey joining us on Wednesday night. Um, but make sure you tune in for that. And uh, you can catch us on Google Podcasts as well. But uh, other than that, that's going to do it for us. Make sure you tune in later on this week, and we will talk to you next time.